Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at pastorwood.org. And now, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, folks, good Wednesday night to you. I have my son, Andrew Wood, in the studio with me. He's been joining us uh, this week to talk about the five great solas of Reformation history. If you have missed some of these, I hope you'll go back and listen, because each one is very important, and they all tie together, and it's why we are so grateful for what God did in history to rekindle his people and awaken his bride to the truths that transform our lives. So we're going to be talking tonight about only grace. We talked Monday about only scripture. Scripture is the supreme authority. It's not the only authority, but it's the ultimate, final authority by which we know what's true and what's not. Yesterday, last evening, we talked about only Christ. He is the only mediator between God and man. He's the only way to the Father. And he is the one who is to be exalted and worshiped. So tonight, we're going to talk about only grace. Only grace. It's not grace plus something else. It is grace alone by which we're saved. We're not saved because of what we do. So, Andrew, talk with us a little bit about some of the distortions that crept into the congregation of people who called themselves followers of Jesus and yet, sadly, got off base and away from what Scripture taught, many of them never really having the opportunity to study the Scriptures but instead just passing on what they'd heard from others who'd gone before, not really going back to God's Word itself and finding out what was true. Why do we talk about only grace? Well, and then getting just kind of a very basic definition from the outset, grace is unmerited favor. So it's a basically a gift that you did not earn. And so when you when you point that out from the beginning, it's it's really helpful. Uh, but it really goes back uh, pretty early on in history of people believing that they could earn God's favor, that somehow they could do enough to make it into heaven, and rather than putting their faith in God, putting their trust in Him like the great example of Abraham, uh, you have people who think that they can, you know, I can do this, I can I can make God accept me if I just do enough. Mm-hmm. But grace, the very nature of grace itself, says there's absolutely nothing you can do. Right. Only because I have chosen to give this are you going to be accepted, are you going to make it in. 
And and when we talk about alien righteousness, we're not talking about creatures from outer space. What are we talking about in terms of of that which we could not earn, but which is credited to our account? Talk about that. Right. Well, and that's the grace and faith are, are tied together in a lot of ways. Um, Second Peter, he says. Uh, very beginning to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, of Jesus our Lord. And so this, when you're talking about alien righteousness, this is something that comes from outside of us. It's something we could absolutely not get to. Um, otherwise, and it is credited to us, even though uh, we really had nothing to do with it. In a similar way, um, and this gets to the whole question of imputation, Adam sinned in the garden, and his sin was imputed or credited to our account, even though technically, literally, physically, we weren't there, but it was as if we were there mm-hmm. because he was our representative. Right. And so that became imputed to us. Then all those who put their faith in Jesus, and, and we, I'm sure we'll talk more about this when we talk about faith, their sins were imputed or credited to Jesus, even though he had not sinned at all. Um, it was as if, and that's why he was able to take the wrath that we deserve. And then the third imputation, all those for whom he died, his righteousness becomes ours. Martin Luther said, envision a dung heap (laughs) and then snow (laughs) comes over it. Uh, And if you're, you know, walking by there, you don't know. It's just this pure white blanket of snow. But underneath... Uh, it's a dung heap, and mm-hmm. really, that's all we have to offer naturally yep. is filth. And so Christ's perfect righteousness becomes ours, and God sees us in view of that, and that's why we're accepted before him. Amen. And it's deep, deep snow. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love is that uh, another image that is not from Luther, but it's from Scripture, and that is that God takes our sin and he buries it in the bottom of the deepest sea. He separates it as far as east is from west. Our guilt is It, it will is no longer us. be part of our existence. When That's right. we're glorified, um, nothing, it, there won't be any more sin at all. So. Now, in, in the book of Acts, we see an example of where somebody tried to offer money in order to be able to purchase the power of God, wanting to be able to uh, control things himself and, and earn things himself, et cetera. And, and it was a, a magician in uh, right. Acts chapter right. 8. Um, his, his name was Simon, but it was Peter uh, who rebuked him. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Simon saw, verse 18 of Acts chapter 8, that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. See, that's the problem. If you think you can earn or buy or acquire the gift of God on the basis of something you have to offer, 
then listen to what Peter says. Mm -hmm. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord, and perhaps he'll forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. Now, folks, that is a picture, a powerful picture of the problem with many who feel that the things of God, the grace of God, is something they can earn. Mm-hmm. I'm going to earn grace. You, By definition, you cannot earn mm-hmm. grace. It wouldn't be grace if you could earn it. It is a gift. Well, how much do I have to pay you for the gift? It's, you know, you've been watching too many marketing scams. It's not something you can earn. It is a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's not something that you produce. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, lest any man should boast. Mm -hmm. And when Peter himself recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus didn't say to him, well, Peter, you know, that's why I chose you to be one of my disciples. I could tell that you were more perceptive than the others. You're a very intelligent man, and I think you have enormous potential. And therefore, I chose you to follow me because you're such a bright guy. No. Jesus said to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The reason Peter recognized Jesus as the Christ is because God gave Peter a gift he couldn't earn. God opened Peter's eyes to recognize that Jesus is the Christ, that he alone is the Son of the Most High God. And that's why Peter saw it and recognized it. It was because of God's grace. It is only Mm -hmm. by grace. It's not grace making up the difference. It's not grace doing what we couldn't do, but we've got to do what we can do. You know what I'm capable of on my own? (laughs) Nothing. That's what the Bible says. I can do nothing apart from Mm -hmm. him. It doesn't say I'm limited in what I can do. It says I can do nothing apart from him. Jesus says the bad tree cannot produce good fruit. That's right. We need to become new. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Amen. Because if you're not born of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. In fact, John 3 says, you can't even perceive. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't recognize it. You don't understand it. You don't know what's going on. Paul tells the Corinthians, the carnal mind is incapable of understanding the things of God. It's not just difficult for us. It is impossible for us. We can't get there from here. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. And and right before the Ephesians 2, 8, Ephesians 2, 1, for you were dead in your trespasses and sins. There wasn't a spark of the divine you were dead. There was absolutely nothing that you could produce in yourself. I was dead. He made me alive. That, folks, is why Christ gets all the glory. That's what we talked about last evening. Mm -hmm. We talked about the fact that all the glory belongs to Christ, 
because he's the only way. He's the only one. It is his righteousness, not ours. He is our peace. He is our righteousness. He is our Savior and our Lord. And it's all by grace. 1 Corinthians uh, 1.30, I said this recently, by his doing, by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. So from first to last, it's grace. Salvation is from the Lord, as Jonah said in the Old Testament. Um, this, this whole thing is his. It's not a cooperative effort. Um, synergism, as Pelagius presented earlier in church history. Mm-hmm. This is something that God has accomplished, and Jesus says in John 6, all that he has drawn, all that the Father has drawn, will come to me, and I will raise it up at the last day. Mm-hmm. It's not a, oh, I don't know, we could really do something to, to blow this. No, we will uh, persevere to the end. Mm-hmm. We will be raised up. And John 10, he says, no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Mm-hmm. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Mm-hmm. So grace carries us the whole way. Romans 8 is one of the most uh, beautiful, just high scriptural passages. And he says, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from God's love. And there's this this chain of mm-hmm. redemption mm-hmm. in Romans 8. Yeah. If this, then this, then this, then this, yes. the whole way through. And it's all grace. It's all grace. Well, you know, the reason this is important, folks, is because, you know, sometimes Christians are accused of, of being arrogant, prideful, uh, thinking we're better than other people. And I, I, you know, I can't imagine why anybody would say that about us, except for the fact that that's the way we come across sometimes. Because unfortunately, that's the way that sometimes we think of ourselves. Is that somehow we're better than other people? And nothing could be farther than the truth, farther from the truth. The fact of the matter is, I am a Christian if I understand that my only hope is Jesus. I am not a Christian if I think that somehow God was pretty lucky to get me on the team. You know, yeah, I've heard people say that, you know, they are going to do some bad stuff and and you know then later on they're going to they're going to come to God and they're planning on coming while they're still able to do him some good you know i i just i i don't have medallions that i carry with me that say first class idiot but but you know that would definitely qualify for one if you think that somehow god is just hoping against hope to get you on the team because he could do so much if he only had you. That's nonsense. Mm. That is nonsense. Mm. God doesn't need any of us. God in his mercy has chosen the nobodies in order to make it clear that it's all his grace. It's not something we earn. It's not something we merit because we're better than other people. None of us deserves God's grace or it would not be grace. And folks, if you are listening tonight and you're saying, well, you know, I, I know I've made some mistakes. I know I'm not perfect, but I still think basically I'm a good person. Well, honestly, you may not be ready for the truth. 
you may not be ready to accept reality, but the reality is that you and I have grievously offended a holy God, and we deserve to be eternally punished. If you say, well, I, you know, I don't think I've done anything that bad. I haven't even been along that, uh, around that long. You know, I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't lived. I'm not that old. How could I possibly do something that would offend to the extent that I would deserve eternal punishment? Well, the answer, I think, in part at least, is that you have offended an eternal God. Mm-hmm. It's true that you haven't been around very long. But the God that you've offended mm-hmm. has been around forever. He is the creator of all things. And you have stupidly awakened on the stage of the universe and thought that you were the boss. Mm. That is so arrogant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so foolish. Why in the world would you look up at the stars at night and think that you ought to be able to come up with your own set of rules? I mean, that's just nuts. And yet that ultimately is how all of us start out, totally Mm -hmm. self-centered, totally believing that everything's about us, thinking that somehow we have rights Mm -hmm. to do what we want, what comes naturally to us. Well, that's, you know, I can't help it. That's just the way I'm made. Well, let me tell you, you're a sinner, Mm -hmm. just like me. I'm not saying you're worse than me, but I don't think you're a lot better. And I can tell you right now, my only hope Mm -hmm. is the fact that God, in his mercy and grace, reached down to save me. I'm not going to heaven because I'm better than somebody else. I'm going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried and rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And because of what he has done, I now have access through him to the creator of the universe who has chosen to adopt me into his family. When I adopted my kids from overseas, Mm. three of my kids came from overseas. One of our kids we adopted here in the States. Three of our kids were biological. When I adopted my kids from overseas... The oldest of the three would tell me when I'd say, oh, you're a good son. He'd say, no, Papa, no, I am not good. And I understood what he was saying, but he didn't understand that I wasn't talking about him having earned that title. (laughs) It was good to have him as a son. Mm -hmm. God had given me a good gift when he gave me that boy. Mm. God is the one who put our lives together, who chose him on the far side of the ocean and put a love for him and for his sister and brother into my heart. That taught me more about God's love for me Mm. than anything I'd experienced up to that point. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that boy from Ukraine didn't have to do a thing to earn my love. I loved him before I ever laid eyes on him. I loved him before I ever heard the sound of his voice, before he ever heard the sound of my voice. I loved him because God put that love in my heart. And as I learned to love him, God would speak to me and say, do you get it now? Do you understand? I don't love you because of what you've done. Mm. I don't love you because of how you look or what you have accomplished. I love 
you because I love you. I just do. Mm. I've chosen to put my love on you. And oh, I was overwhelmed mm. with the love of God. I want you who are listening to be overwhelmed with the love of God. This isn't just dry theology. This is the good news of a God who created all things and then chose to save sinners. Mm. That's why Jesus came, Mm. was Mm. to save sinners. So it is all by grace. It is all by grace. From first to last, and we read in 2 Corinthians 5, Verse 17, he says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Then down in verse, all of it's good, but verse 21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the Lord is the one who has brought all of this about, and uh, you see a great uh, summary statement in Philippians chapter 2 when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. A lot of people just hold it right there. Yeah. Say, oh, hey, you got to work out your salvation. Then they neglect what comes right after, which is, for it is God who is at work in you to will and to work according to his good pleasure. Amen. And so everything we have is a gift from him. And in Acts, uh, the Apostle Paul in Acts 17, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being. So every moment is from him. And the question is, are we using that time for his glory? Are we redeeming the time? Amen. Are we? Do we have eyes to see that it's from Him and it's all about Him? Amen. And so it really is. It's all, you know, we didn't bring ourselves into being. We don't hold ourselves together. Um, it's all about God, and yet so often we are just focused on ourselves. And as Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, when asked what was the main problem in communist Russia, Men have forgotten God. Mm -hmm. And then decades later, he's in America and asked, you know, what are the the problems here? And he said, it's the same thing I said before. Mm -hmm. Men have forgotten God. Amen. Amen. That is our problem. Jesus is the answer. And we need to pray that God in his mercy and grace would move mightily across our land, throughout our culture, in our churches, in our lives, once again, pointing people to the good news of God's grace in Christ Jesus. If you think you've got to earn it, you don't understand what grace is. If you realize that you can't earn it and that you have no hope unless God rescues you, you are experiencing grace right now, my friend. If you know that he's your only hope, that is the result of God's grace. It is grace from God that shows us that we fall short that shows us that we are by nature sinners, that shows us that we've blown it. When we try and uphold the standard of God and his righteousness, it's not because we're trying to be mean to people. It's not because we're trying to rub somebody's nose in their sin. It's because we want people to be awakened to their need for a Savior. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and he loved him. Mm -hmm. 
He loved him. But what did he say to him when the rich young ruler referred to him as a good teacher? Jesus knew that that rich young ruler thought he was a pretty good young man. And so Jesus, loving him, said to him, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Jesus is God. Jesus is good. And Jesus offers life, forgiveness, salvation to those who trust in him. I urge you this night, trust in Jesus. Trust in him alone. He will save those who call on him. Amen. God bless you. Be sure and tune in tomorrow night. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments you want to make, I want to invite all of you to contact us at 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at pastorwood.org. That's pastorwood.org. 